My name is Dr. Stephen Grinspoon. I'm a professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School and the chief of the metabolism unit at Mass General Hospital. In this podcast today, I'll be speaking about my research on the effects of desamorelin on non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, or NAFLD, in people with HIV. As people may know, people with HIV have uh, increasing prevalence of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and other comorbid conditions which contribute to cardiovascular disease. Non-alcoholic fatty liver disease comprises a spectrum of liver diseases, including the more benign, simple fat accumulation progressing to non-alcoholic steatohepatitis and ultimately to fibrosis and cirrhosis with potential for hepatocellular carcinoma. The estimated prevalence of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease or NAFLD and HIV is approximately 35% with estimates varying uh, upward to 45% of patients. It's an increasing problem in this population. It's associated with certain predictive factors, including increased weight, obesity, increased waist circumference, diabetes, insulin resistance, etc. And this is remarkable because of the fact that obesity and weight gain is becoming a concern in HIV patients, uh, particularly among those using the integrase class of medications. But with all medications, there's an increased prevalence of obesity, which may contribute to non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So as I mentioned, in non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, the liver has increased fat, which can contribute to inflammation and ultimately scarring of the liver. There are no approved therapies for non-alcoholic fatty liver disease in HIV, and in fact, even among non-HIV patients in whom this is also a problem, there are not specifically approved therapeutics for this. Uh, There are some earlier data to suggest possible effects of vitamin E and pioglitazone, but those have not been looked at specifically in HIV patients. So there is a real lack of knowledge and understanding and a real critical need for therapeutics in this regard. And in fact, HIV patients are excluded from most therapeutic trials of other therapies for non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. In contrast, we took the approach of studying a very tailored therapeutic for non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, and the drug is called tisamorelin. Some people may be familiar with it, Um, tisamorelin was FDA-approved based on research from our group and others in 2010 for the indication of reducing abdominal fat accumulation in HIV patients. Fat accumulation around the abdomen in the context of ART is typically relatively more visceral and subcutaneous, and tisamorelin was shown to effectively reduce visceral fat by about 15 to 20% without affecting subcutaneous fat. At that time, it was also shown to reduce lipids and to improve quality of health, and it was FDA approved for that indication in 2010. Since that time, it's been used by many patients, and it has a very good safety record. We were interested, though, in looking at this MRL for a different use, and that is to reduce fat in the liver. And our logic was that the fat in the abdomen is linked to the fat in the liver, both epidemiologically and embryologically. And we hypothesized that by using this drug, we could also reduce the ectopic fat in the liver. 
As people may know, HIV patients, particularly those with increased abdominal adiposity, have relatively low production of growth hormone, and growth hormone is produced in a physiological, pulsatile way in the body. And tisemorelin is a growth hormone secretagogue. It is not growth hormone, but it's the precursor hormone, the hypothalamic peptide that stimulates the body to make its own pulsatile growth hormone. And growth hormone has very significant oxidative capacities and is known to oxidize fat, particularly, as I mentioned, and selectively in the visceral compartment. So we thought that this might be a good therapeutic for HIV patients with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. We applied for an NIH investigator-initiated grant, and were given those funds and collaborated with an internal investigator at NIH, Dr. Colleen Hadigan. And the design was relatively straightforward. It was a randomized uh, placebo-controlled study in which patients with HIV and non-alcoholic fatty liver disease defined as more than 5% liver fat on MR spectroscopy were randomized to, to samarelin or a blinded placebo. Patients with severe cirrhosis were excluded, as were patients with severe diabetes, but patients with low-grade diabetes with an A1C less than 7 on stable anti-diabetic therapy were generally allowed into the study. We also excluded patients with known prostate cancer and other conditions, but in general, it was fairly wide acceptance criteria. Patients were randomized to one year of treatment or placebo. And we did liver biopsies as well as imaging to assess the fat in the liver. And we also assessed inflammatory endpoints and IGF-1, which is a measure of growth hormone. And importantly, we collected safety data on glucose and other safety endpoints. So we randomized 61 patients, approximately half in each arm, and the bottom line results for clinicians to remember, and these were published in the Lancet HIV, showed that the drug was highly effective to reduce liver fat. It reduced liver fat on average by 37% relative to placebo, uh, which was highly significant. And in fact, 35% of patients receiving tisamorelin versus 4% of placebo had the liver fat returned to less than 5%. So they had the NAFLD reduced to the point that it was no longer considered significant. And that was a very important finding. In addition, the patients on tisamorelin had a significantly lower chance of fibrosis progression compared to those on tisamorelin. 10% versus 37.5%, the incidence of progression in these patients. So to summarize, the drug significantly lowered liver fat by a very robust degree and prevented progression of fibrosis in those patients receiving tisamorelin. In terms of safety, the drug was quite safe. Glucose did not change significantly between the groups. IGF-1 went up in a physiological manner to a level that was generally within the normal range, and adverse events were similar generally between the groups. There were some minor adverse events relating to the application of the drug, which is by injection, but nothing was significant or viewed as serious. So in general, the patients tolerated the study quite well. So to contextualize the results, these are the first 
results from a specific therapeutic tested for NAFLD in HIV-infected patients, and the study was very positive. It was really a novel potential therapeutic for this indication in HIV. Clinicians may ask whether they should now be prescribing it for this, and I think the answer always has to be that we need more data. However, for those that are going to be needing to Samarellum, for example, for significant abdominal fat accumulation, this is an added second benefit that we can see in those patients. The FDA has not yet approved this specifically as a standalone indication for liver fat reduction in patients with HIV and NAFLD, but further studies are planned now to achieve that indication. However, for patients who have fat accumulation, who are using it as per the FDA indication, this would be an added benefit. So it would be interesting to consider a larger group of patients that might benefit from this who have the primary indication who could have the secondary benefit as mentioned. I think the take-home messages for infectious disease specialists really are to think about the prevalence of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, particularly in high-risk HIV patients, those who are obese, those who have lipodystrophy, those who have an increased waist circumference, those who have diabetes, and to consider therapeutic strategies. Beyond pharmacology, an important strategy in every patient is to improve lifestyle, and that would be to encourage weight loss and a healthier diet, which is always the first strategy. Pharmacological therapies are indicated when those initial moves don't work, and unfortunately, in many HIV patients, it is difficult to achieve significant effects on liver fat to achieve a significant amount of loss of weight to achieve that. But that should always be our first goal. So if that doesn't work, consideration should potentially be given to therapeutics, particularly in the context of those patients with increased risk factors. And uh, for those who have significant abdominal fat accumulation, tisamarillin is a good option as per its FDA indication. It's been approved for about nine years uh, and it uh, it is highly effective. Uh, it is administered uh, by subcutaneous injection once a day with a very small needle, much like an insulin re- injection, and it's generally quite well tolerated by patients. If there are questions about this, uh, there are a number of infectious disease doctors that are using it or There are resources on the internet or through prior articles and publication that can give infectious disease clinicians information about the use of this drug to help these patients. Thank you for listening today. To read my full study, please click the link below.